This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete the message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you talking about? Hello, everyone. We are back for round two. Battle of LA podcast hosted by Ryan Ward, Bob Garcia, I'm Tomer Zarli. We are part of the Clutch Points Network, and we are here to discuss the Lakers and Clippers once again. Uh, as you guys know, the Lakers and Clippers just faced off for the third time this season. The Clippers won that matchup 113-105, taking a 2-1 series lead and uh, putting a significant dent in the Lakers' playoff hopes. Uh, significant is putting it mildly. Yeah. Devastating blow, I would say. It's a crater. It's a crater. <laughs> yeah. I, it felt like the air was taken out of the arena. It was a Lakers home game, and it definitely, felt, it definitely felt like it was just the end of the line. Just showed who's the better team right now. Definitely was Play evident at the end of the game, though, with Clippers players waving at, you know, the fans. And, oh, that was bad. Yeah. As it was that Beverly and Pat Beverly and Montresor were yeah. egging them, sort of taunting Ooh, them. Hey, cheer, God. cheer! They Even Beverly, as he can't come off the floor, he's just hyped. I was right there, right when he walked off the corner of the floor, and he purposely went that way to the Lakers locker room. Yeah, he walked. He walked by the Lakers locker room and said, "Hey, media, what are you guys doing here? The other LA team is over there," <laughs> and pointed towards the Clippers locker room. So, let's talk about that game real quick, because because the Lakers were in it. Um, for a good chunk of that game. It looked like, you know, I think most of the first half, the Clippers were kind of sluggish. I think the Lakers were just missing open shots. I, I felt like at one point it was there for the taking for the Lakers. <laughs> just like every damn game this year. It's there for the taking, and then they just fall apart. It's just the defense. It, 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 at some point, it's just going to give. Like they're, they're just, Inevitable, the body huh? language, it's just at some point during the game when they're trailing, they'll make a little run here, and then they'll make it close. And then their defense just falls apart again. Or they just start missing all their threes and all their shots. and Or take poor then shots. Then you could just see people, you know, pointing the finger or just not wanting to get back on D. So, I don't know. Just all bad and also all kinds of bad. Well, the Lakers came in as three-point favorites uh, before the game, and I can actually vouch for this. Ryan told me the Lakers were going to lose by eight. I thought they were going to get blown out. I forgot about that. And the, that. Final, <laughs> the final score was actually an eight-point difference. So props to Ryan on that. No Stradamus. Should have uh, Ooh, yeah. hit, should have hit up the lottery that night. <laughs> um, it just looked like the Clippers just had had a deeper team, especially after Kuzma went down. Brandon Ingram was ruled out, and they just wanted they wanted it more. I mean, you got guys like Patrick Beverly, like we were talking, right? Like uh, the guy just he took on the challenge of guarding LeBron, and and he did pretty pretty well. Yeah, he wanted it more than anyone. I think. Uh, he showed. He showed when you know the Clippers started three guards with Landry Shamit, Shea Gilders Alexander, and Pat Beverly, and Beverly was like, 
I'm, I'm getting LeBron. In fact, the, the Clippers play the day before against the Knicks. And after they beat the Knicks, pa- Patrick Beverly walks in the locker room and says, I got LeBron tomorrow. I got LeBron. I'm guarding him. And a couple of media members just chuckled like, you know, just as if maybe he was joking. And he was like, what's so funny? Why are you guys laughing? And he goes, same media laughed at me uh, early in the season when I said the, the Clippers are the best team in L.A. Now look at us. He said, they laughed. He said, they said drug test him. This is, this is exactly what Pat Beverly said. He took everyone. He took over that locker room. I wouldn't be the surprised game. the NBA actually did that too after that. <laughs> I mean, he was he was feeling himself, and he showed the next game against the Lakers. He had five steals in the first half. That's crazy. He was defending LeBron in the post. I mean, Ryan and I watched it firsthand. It was yeah. I can't even imagine what it was like watching on TV, but it was just it was brutal. Uh, he he dominated defensively. Even had nine boards. He had nine. He's just a feisty guy, feisty point guard. He's uh he's the kind of player you want. But I've said this a few times. Like he's the perfect kind of player that you hate when he's on the other team, and you love him to death when he's on your team, right? And teammates, I'm sure, I'm sure teammates love him, right? Oh yeah, I mean, that, again, like I think the perfect quote is, "You hate to go up against him, but you love to have him on your side." Yeah. Like I, I asked Landry Shamit, um, who got traded here a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Clippers and Sixers played each other twice, and I asked him, "Hey, like, what was that like? You know, being on the other side of Patrick Beverly?" And he said, I was inbounding the ball one game, and uh, Patrick Beverly, it was out of a timeout, Patrick Beverly pretended like he forgot something on the bench and just shouldered his way through Shaman on the baseline, and just, just right through his chest. And that was like a lasting thing that Shaman remembered. He was like, wow, okay, this guy's ki- kind of crazy serious. <laughs> not messing around. Yeah, he's not. He's yeah. not here to play. Zero to 100. That's all he is. Real he's, quick. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's the kind of guy that, that you know that he's going to try to guard the best player. Yeah. And if he, even if he does struggle, he's going to try to get into their skin somehow. Well, it's like from the Lakers perspective, it's like a meta world piece, right? Like a. Exactly. He's a little, he's out there, right? He says crazy stuff, but he backs it up when he's on the floor and everybody loves to be around him. I think everyone. I love needs- basketball. I love basketball. I think every team needs someone like that, though. Like, they may not oh, be yeah. 100% talent. And who but... doesn't have that right now? The Lakers. It sets the tone. They don't have that guy. Defense you would think that defense. it's Rondo or it's LeBron. But now it just doesn't seem like there's anybody like that. So, yeah, is is that effort just a big reason for the Lakers' struggles this year? <laughs> huge! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's Huge! Eighty percent of defense is effort, and these guys do not play defense consistently. At least, at least the majority of them. Kuzma is a young kid; he doesn't play great defense, but he's a young guy. He's he's a second year player. You're going to expect him to make some mistakes, you know. But he but he brings effort. So I, I just you can't. He also brings effort in pushing LeBron into Gallinari in that one jumper. Yeah, it was a good defensive play. <laughs> But at the same time, it's, something, man. it's all season. It's, this is not like something that's just like, you know. Just started. Yeah, it, it's something that's plagued them all year, even with injuries or without injuries. It's something that's... I mean, look at them last year. Last year, they were pretty good defensively, you know, for for what it was worth, you know. I just, I just think it sets such a bad example when your best players, when your veteran players do not give that effort. I mean, what are you telling these young guys who are supposed to develop and become something? You're basically saying it's okay. You can slack off. Like I said in the last week's podcast, it's become optional when it should be a necessity. You also have LeBron and Rondo are not necessarily the best defensive players at this stage of their career, or at least trying on that end of the floor. because of effort. I'm sure they could do it if they wanted to do it, but the fact that they're making a conscious choice is ruining the whole thing. Well, I mean, you you saw it firsthand. I think you guys both did that. 
the Clippers, even though they don't have a superstar, they they are pretty much going all out in every possession. Mm. And I think Patrick Beverly is a guy who just holds everyone accountable. That's great. That's a team. That's a real team like that. When you that's that's team defense. Yeah, yeah. top to fact, bottom. Factor in, there's no egos either. It's a yeah. team that's mentality. Everyone's doubting us. No one thinks we can make the playoffs. No one thinks we can be. We're, we're I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Lakers last year. No, no real egos. Just kids that want to learn and become something in this league. You know, what a concept, right? It's like the Lakers uh, last night against Denver. They had a bunch of South Bay Lakers guys that were called up because no Kuzma, no Ingram, no Lonzo, uh, no Tyson Chandler, and they played well in the second half defensively. Uh, because they were just bringing effort because they want to be something. They want to be an NBA player. Trying to prove themselves, if anything. Yeah. They, they're they playing for something that's, even though that the deficit may have been what it was, they're trying to show that, hey, we belong or, you know, we we should be here on the floor. And yeah. you got the mentality of other players like, well, you know, it's already getting away from us. You know, what, you know, what are we going to do now? Like, it's just, well, it's just, so when you think from their perspective, from LeBron's and Rondo's and other vets, like, how amazing would it be if we could just rattle off all these wins against good teams and make it in the playoffs? Your whole season's vindicated, right? Even if you you lose in the first round. I don't care. You make that run. You make that effort. That's inspiring. Just like how you were saying with the Clippers, right? How they're wanting to prove to the free agents that they're trying. They're not just throwing it away. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing about this team. Like, let me just read this off for you. Patrick Beverly was a second-round pick. Uh of the Lakers, right? Like of the Lakers, yeah. Uh, Jamichael Green, you know, coming off the bench with the Clippers, undrafted. Montrez Harrell was a second-round pick. Uh, Lou Williams was a second-round pick. Landry Shamit was a 26th pick in the, in the NBA draft. Uh, they got Ty- a guy, Tyrone Wallace, second-round pick. Ivica Zubats, second-round pick. These are all guys coming out of the, the second round for the most part. I mean, you obviously you have Shea Gillis-Alexander, who's, who's terrific in the, you know, he went 11th. Uh, Gallinari was picked sixth, but a lot of these guys who are playing big minutes are, they went second round, they were sort of, you know, counted out mm-hmm. and they have this chip on their shoulder the whole time. And I think that goes a long way towards, you know, not having that ego and also just wanting to prove something yeah. night in and I night out. You, give, give me those guys in a foxhole any night, right? Because they're going to give you everything. They'll put it on, they'll leave it all out there instead of conserving and thinking about next season already or whatever the hell. You know, it's just I just don't I don't understand that mentality. Maybe I'm old school and things are changing, but I don't know. It's killing the game a little bit, in my opinion. I think one thing too needs to be taken into account is that these losses to the bad teams—they're more deflating, <laughs> if anything else. You know, losing- like Phoenix. How do you explain Phoenix? How do you explain that? Like <laughs> you had a chance to get back in this picture and shut people up, and you lose to Phoenix on the road. The Phoenix Suns, who are already eliminated from the playoff contention. I think they're the only team in the West that has been eliminated. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they right? had 12 wins coming into that game. That's pathetic. Pathetic. They're in your division, too. I mean, as if divisions really mean anything in the NBA anymore, but still, it's something. Well, look, I mean, Luke Walton, I think he set up that lineup uh, against the Clippers sort of to go big because they, you know, they had to defend Ivica Zubats, who, you know, a month later, I still can't explain why the hell the Lakers made that trade. I don't think anyone 
can no. outside of they maybe thought they couldn't afford to pay him. But he was a guy who's really solidified the Clippers' defense mm-hmm. uh, in the middle. They they were struggling with Gortat, and now they've they've got a young, athletic big who can who can finish, who's who's mobile, who can defend. And I think that you know it, it's funny. It's the Lakers thought they need another shooter, and I, I, Scala's made like maybe like two threes, three threes since he's <laughs> he hasn't really there. done much. Meanwhile, and he got hurt right away. Meanwhile, too, Zubac so. is just. I mean, he's possibly Zubac saved. He's great. I, I, I'd love that kid ever since he got here. Um, he showed, you know, what's one thing with Zubac that I thought was very impressive is he always wanted to pr- improve and, and expand his game in every way possible. I know he struggled. I mean, what was it, uh, Summer League this year or was it last, last year? Where he was struggling to get up and down with the pace, the pace and all yeah. that stuff. But look at him now. Like now, like people are saying, like, the Clippers got a steal and a half. He's a starting center. He and is he's, he's, legit. Yeah, and, and right? hasn't the Clippers? And he's only going to get better. The Clippers' problems this year have been defending big guys, right? The big men. It's just they yeah. haven't had because they haven't had. I mean, their big guy was Gortat, who's slow and not as uh, old athletic. And then Tr- Montrezl Harrell is just a little um, undersized. undersized. He's more of a power forward than anything. But they're playing him in small ball situations as a five. So they were they were sort of just you know putting band aids. At the five position, but I mean, look, when I saw that deal, I was like, okay, the Clippers had to have given up a pick because there's no way they just got him believe for that. It. I thought there was something else involved or like uh, they're going to flip Muscala somewhere or just something else because everybody's had nothing but good things to say about Zubac since he's come in. Yeah, they invested. They selected him. What was it? Uh, second pick of the second round, and then they invested two years in him. Well, what I loved about him the most when he first came in is he wanted to bring back the sky hook. Ember, you asked him about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. And he was he was determined to do it. I think he was working with Bill Burka on yeah. it. And uh, he was just kept trying and trying. And he busted out a few times in games. But just the, the fact he was brave enough to bring back a, a shot that most people don't do because they don't want to look funny in the NBA. Before even playing a game. Yeah. I was like, I love this kid. I was, I was sold on him right there. And, and I remember last year, too, decided to cut you off. But last year is... Or yeah, last year and before, I think the season started and before preseason, he he was saying that he needed to improve on his his cardio, mm-hmm. and like he always found something that he needed to do better on. He was always like, "I gotta get better. I gotta I gotta improve my game." He never found like you know like He's I'm never satisfied. Never. I think that's no. key for a young guy. That's absolutely key. Yeah, it's, I see a lot of that in Kuzma too. He's not satisfied you, like, at all today. For example, like or Josh Hart as well. Yeah, those two. Those two. I think. In terms of working, have the potential. Like, they got that work, work ethic for sure. Today, today at Clippers practice, like I was watching uh, Ivica Zubac and Jonathan Motley, the, the two sort of younger centers on the team. They were uh, they were doing post up drills before practice, and Ivica Zubac just took like you know he was on the left block. He took two dribbles towards the middle, towards the paint, uh, right around the free throw area. Took a step back and hit it and shot a jumper. And as he shot the jumper, the assistant coach defending him was like, "You don't have that in your game. You don't have that in your game." <laughs> and as a shot, the shot goes in. And as it goes in, Zubat's like, "Yes, I do." You, you tweeted this. Yes, out. I do. Was yeah. it today or it yesterday? Was, it was today. It was today. It was okay, actually yeah. kind of cool moment. He was like, "Yes, I do," and he got a little loud. He's like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> See, he's confident. He he knows he's got an opportunity there to yeah. do some that, something big. That pickup was huge. The like, thing is, too, is what's puzzling about that trade is that he showed promise. It wasn't like yeah. he was like. You know, this is what you're going to get. You know, this is like the kind of player that's going to settle that. He showed that he could be a factor offensively. He showed he can be a factor defensively as well. Like he didn't show where he stayed stagnant. He struggled, but then he improved. It wasn't just like you know, there was times where he was bad. Like and you know, he couldn't keep up to keep up with the pace. Mm-hmm. But 
he he improved and and before he got traded he was playing probably the best basketball of his, of his young career yeah doc doc after the game was saying like yeah, he, in the first half, he was seeing Zubac was all being buddy buddy with with Kuzma and with uh, some of the other guys he was teammates with. Right. And Doug was like, "Hey, you're on our side now. What was going <laughs> on here? You're on our side." In the second half, he started picking it up, and you really saw him. I think it was also a bit of nerves too in that first half. I'm sure. You know, he got he yeah. got a really nice ovation from Lakers fans. Yeah, um, everybody loves him. Yeah, he's well deserved for that. He's a good guy. He's a genuinely good person. After the game, he said he was saying how thankful he was to Laker fans for supporting him through. Yeah, I mean, you guys saw it. There was a, there was some rough years for Lakerland last couple, and he was there. He was like, you know, thank thank you, Laker fans. One of the few bright spots. Yeah, and which is which I think is you know surprising that the deal was made. He was also saying how excited he was to join the playoffs. I asked him, and I was like, hey, look, I mean, I know you had a couple of rough years, but you guys are on your way. And he said, look, we have a, we have a couple more games to go, but I'm excited. I've I've had a couple of rough years and I'm excited to, to get my chance at the playoffs. Playoffs are just a different animal. This it's is even more motivation animal. for him to play better and to just work a, himself I mean, in the fold. It's the best opportunity to showcase his talent to, before whatever happens for the Clippers after this, right? Like, I mean, who knows? But he's got that platform. It's best. I mean, imagine going in the playoffs and you guys are what uh, Warriors right now, right? One and yeah. eight? Yeah. See, he plays against the Warriors and maybe they, they're going to have you know a hell of a task to get over that team yeah but if he showcases himself on that level i mean who knows i think more than anything it'll just be a great learning experience yeah because right now the clippers are starting three rookies in uh gildas alexander mm-hmm. shamit and Z- and well no uh, no they're starting two, they're starting two rookies but they have a young center in zubas he's like what third year now so but yeah. none of them been in the playoff so like playoff rookie. crazy that's three years already which is funny, considering LeBron said you can't put a lot of, uh, you know, can't a lot on the shoulders the of young guys when the Clippers have two rookies starting, one coming off the bench at times, and uh, I don't know, it's rough for them. They're going to be in the lottery again. Ugh, I can't. I honestly, who would have thought? I thought, I thought um, we were done with that, at least for the foreseeable future, and the fact that it's right back in the mix is just. It's just so draining. Like, I, I mean, I, when I started covering the Lakers, they'd just gotten swept by the, the Mavs in the playoffs, right? That was 2011, I think. Yeah, Jackson's yeah. final year yeah. coaching. And then the Dwight and, and the, the Nash and all that, and then the Meta and Pop, Powell and Kobe all, and then they get this super team together, and everybody gets hyped and thinking they're going to be winning titles back-to-back all again, and, and then just went to shit pretty quickly. Nash... Second game was the second game, right? Yeah, second game of the season. Collision with Damian Lillard, Lillard yeah. and the nerve damage, and he just—he was done. That was it. Then his career was over at that point. And then Kobe's just trying to carry the team. Yeah, and it's just ever since then, it's just been this epic struggle to get back. Dwight dealt with the back issues that year too. Yeah, and I think he had a shoulder yeah, thing shoulder, too. He had he shoulder, shoulder surgery. Back. He had, yeah, he had back, but he had back that, before he got traded. Uh huh. He had some in his shoulders. Labrum. Poor labrum. 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 Yeah, That's he's what wearing was, that yeah. compression sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And then him and Kobe were like oil and water. I mean, <laughs> Dwight never took anything seriously, and yeah, Kobe that, was like that photo too straight with seriously. him and him and Kobe acting like they're you know boxing pose with yeah. D'Antoni yeah. in the middle. That was just, you know, an epitome of what their relationship was. I mean, we, we saw that photo. We saw the, I think it was like the SI cover or something where Kobe and oh, Dwight were on it. Shaq no, it was Dwight and Nash. Dwight and Nash. Oh, you know, isn't this going to be fun or something like that? Yeah. And nah, it I wasn't mean, fun. It was not fun at all. 
That was a disaster. But like, was this, was this, is this year more disappointing in that you really expect them to make, make the playoffs, make some noise? Or was like, looking back, was that year with Nash, with Dwight, with Powell, with Kobe, with, I mean, Meta even, is that even more disappointing? It's comparable, but I think the biggest difference was you saw Kobe kill himself and then Achilles burst. And that was just devastating. Right, because you just didn't know where it was going to go after that. Is Kobe done? Uh, are the is Dwight coming back? Yeah, that post game interview was tough to oh, watch. Dude, I mean, yeah, very tough. Kobe's tough as nails, and the guy's tearing up on crutches, knowing how bad this thing is. Remember, when he used to, he said that he had to pull his Achilles back up. Yeah, he was trying to pull to his try fingers. and walk, right? Yeah, or or he just thought you know something he could. Bear through it somehow. He asked, I believe it was uh, it was against the Warriors that game. Uh, he drove by Harrison Barnes. I think he asked Harrison yeah. Barnes, said, Harrison, did, did you kick me? Did you kick me? Because I want to know. They, like, that's what he, he felt like. It, it felt like he got kicked. And then he, I guess he said he didn't feel the killers. And he said, okay, that's. He just knew. He knew. And then the tough son of a bitch goes to the line and hits two free throws. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd say that was probably more devastating because there were so many. You thought that was going to go on for years, and they were, they, they looked so good potentially. But this one, the fact that they were a four seed at one point and looking like they could play with anybody, and now they're just like... They're closer to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the second worst team in the West, than they are to... Am I wrong about that? They're, they're... No, you're right. It's just, it's just coming this year, you thought playoffs was... Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Like you felt like get, you got the best player in the world... At the time, and at the time, did you see how he snuck that in? Yeah, well, at the time, well, right now, he's <laughs> he's he's still not, you know, he's not hundred percent. You know, the quote he had a couple of weeks ago is saying he's what rounding third. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know he's not hundred percent, but I mean it, it's you thought playoffs, you know, Lakers playoffs at least maybe get to the second round, yeah, and then we'll see what happens, you know, with with them. But, just basically thought that the, the drought was over. It yeah. wasn't going to be six years straight without playoffs, which is fucking incredible if you think about it with this franchise. Six years? Like, imagine if the Yankees were to miss six in a row. Oh, well, before, man. like, coming into that 2013 14 season, the Lakers had, I think it was five, I think we talked about this, five combined. All time, yeah. All, yeah five all time uh, seasons where they missed the playoffs. And yeah. the last six, they've missed six. Yeah. And it wasn't like, I mean, I think Kareem was on one of those teams. I think Kobe was on at least two of those teams. Yeah, towards the end of his career. Yeah, but he, I think it was no, no, no. This is uh, after the Shaq. It was one. Oh yeah, yeah. There was the. Uh, it was yeah. the one Karam Butler and. Yeah, that's one. That, the Lamar team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, man. It's just painful. Because I mean, you you look at the future to the immediate future, and you're like, is this gonna? What's the best best case scenario? I mean, we've talked about this. Eight. If they don't get Anthony Davis, what the hell do they do? Like you were saying, Chris Middleton. I I, I like, just think they're yeah. gonna have to go consolation all over again, and or maybe they feel desperate and try to trade for another star like Bradley, like Bradley Beal. Beal. Like yeah. there, there, there's so many ways this can go, and but I just don't see it happening the way they want it to go, right? Because ever since the Dwight Mayor, nothing has gone correctly in terms of their plans. Which I think, you know, looking back at it now, it's kind of weird to see. The Clippers sort of doing everything right in terms of competing, 
They've made the playoffs. Even last Personnel. year they were fighting, but they were just injured. Yeah. You know, they were, they were, I think, three games out at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've competed. They've, they've put on a nice show for free agents. When they get they're hustling. Ster- Sterling's out. Uh, they got a nice owner Steve who's Bonner, willing to commit to everything. Jerry to West. Exactly. They're just, they're just, and they're ready for free agency. They've just done everything well. And it's just so weird to see them do everything opposite of what the Lakers I have mean, done almost. On, to be honest, they're a more appealing destination than the Lakers right now. Who wants to come to this? drama-filled team where you just don't know what's going to happen from day to day. and I think, too, what you got to think is, like, with the Clippers, you can carve out your own legacy. Like, those, that's appealing to those superstar players. Yeah, because yeah. there is no real... I mean, look, they have a history, but it's not the greatest history by any means. Like, if you if you ask them, you know, who, which jersey are you going to retire? I don't know if you can name one. Lamont Murray. I mean... Dairy you you could maybe Doc Rivers has said Michael like we Candy. Should, Doc Rivers <laughs> has said like man? DeAndre should be a candidate because of you know he started the whole Lob City area era, and then from there you know sort of Blake Griffin he started something because then he was traded for Tobias. Well, I think it Tobias got it got real when you got Chris Paul. Things yeah. got real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we we're like, okay, now you got to pay attention to the Clippers. Yeah. yeah, Blake was great. Yeah, DeAndre's alright. And right. I think we've seen this year like, man. What would the Clippers be right now if they actually gave Chris Paul that big offer he wanted instead of saying, no, we're not giving you that deal? Because Houston's had to deal with multiple hamstring injuries to Chris Paul. Yeah. This season, in the playoffs last year. What would have strapped you for? I mean, was it? They always say, uh, worst contract in the NBA, right? One of them. That one, John Wall. Yeah. John Parsons. Chandler Parsons, yeah. And instead, the Clippers just found a way to even free themselves of that Blake Blake deal, and now they're just set up for. They're just making intelligent moves. Summer. You know, they're they're freeing themselves up. Kawhi's on the way, from what Tomer has been saying. I mean, I hope he is. It just looks that way. I mean, what else? Like, it doesn't seem like he wants to. Co- I mean, the Lakers have not made their. They haven't made their case of looking more appealing for Kawhi. <laughs> no. it, the drama <laughs> you got, you know, your young guys. They don't know if they're going to be there long term. Who willingly is going to come here? Who willingly? Well, look, look there, I think there are guys who could come in and stabilize the franchise alongside LeBron James. But knowing Kawhi, knowing he likes to stay out of the spotlight and stay, you know, in his own thing, the Clippers are just a perfect fit, and I don't even think. No, it's I agree. I think this. I think that's ideal. To me, though, this just feels. I think Kevin Durant's an ideal fit too. Yeah, that would be amazing. I just feel like this Kawhi thing, like sort of, it's it's sort of playing out like this Paul George situation, where I think. Even like, I think a lot of people would admit they were sure Paul George was coming. Oh, yeah. And like, I think it's the same situation here where a lot of Clipper fans and media are just sure that Kawhi is coming. And I don't think you can say that for sure because we, we saw, I don't know where Paul George said, you know what, I'm staying with Russ. That even was, though we had a first round exit. Weird, weird situation though, man. Yeah, it, it was. It just it was seems different. so guaranteed. And I mean, who knows exactly what happened? Because I really don't think we know the real story about all this. This would be something that happens like on a 30 for 30 and. Five ten years, and yeah, when like, they're both oh, retired shit. or something, that's yeah, just gonna like, pop up. This this is what happened. Well, one aspect is that he, uh, George, shared agents with Randall, correct? Yeah, uh, what's Aaron Mintz? I think was yeah. the was the agent, and so CAA. Yeah, right? so I, I guess the Lakers didn't handle the Randall thing well. They, yeah. I think another another client of his was D'Angelo Russell, and they sort of traded him away. I actually heard a crazy theory from uh, Bill Simmons, which may not be crazy on his podcast. He said that uh, he's just throwing it out there like a theory, right? He says, what if the tampering was so bad 
between the Lakers and Paul George that Adam Silver's like, you can't go there. I'm barring you from this. That just sounds asinine. It sounds crazy, but how was that that change of heart so quick and so immediate? And well, like, again, the the Thunder did gamble on him. So who, who stays in Oklahoma City? He's a small with a guy boy. who's who's already run off one superstar. Didn't he grow up in Palmdale? Yeah. What's in Palmdale? Nothing. LA's in Palmdale because it's just down the oh, road. Come on. You know what? Too, I, I can see his that. His family's that, here. I mean, he's yeah. he loved this team growing up. Or that's kind of weird. I, I've heard both sides. I've heard that he loved the Clippers, and I heard he loved Kobe. Or he was a big Kobe fan growing up, but he was also a big Clipper fan. Yeah, which is weird. Growing up, I don't. I've never heard anything. I think you like can that. like a favorite player and then also like a team. I don't think. It's no, strange, I'm not but. saying it's. But those two teams, in particular. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know I don't anybody know. that's ever said that to me. I think too. What I I I can't pinpoint exactly what the number is but i think at some point during his contract that he has right now he can sign an extension at some point and make that even larger i yeah i, I don't remember the exact year i think it's after oh. three years because you like already that, played but go over like over 200 or something like that's some crazy figure so well, the way he's playing now that's gonna happen yeah well for sure the way he's playing right now like yeah. it's just he's best year i mean that's when when the, these scenarios were mapped out, like LeBron coming here, Paul George possibly coming here, Kawhi coming here, whatever, I always thought the best situation was Paul George signing and developing the young guys around him and just bringing them up and just play that out and see where that goes. Not LeBron coming here and then trying to pair him and then these other guys become expendable or trade, trade bait. Like they obviously became at the deadline – I thought that was perfect, and now it looks like that's exactly what probably should have happened. And that's crazy to think that the best option was not to sign LeBron James. Yeah, it's. I mean, how do you not back at do it that? now? Yeah, I mean, from their standpoint, how do you how do you not sign the best player in the world? Right? It's just nothing has gone right for the Lakers. Nothing. Well, look, Paul George and the Thunder right now are one of the teams that could. I mean, it's not likely, but could end up playing the Clippers right now. In That'd be playoffs. a good matchup. I think it'd be a fun matchup. I, I think just, OKC wins in six, but or five. Yeah, I find it hard to see the Clippers beating any of the top three seeds right now, four seeds in the playoffs. Maybe Portland. I feel like would be the best yeah, matchup. Yeah, Portland's had Damian Lillard hasn't been the same player. They in the fell playoffs. apart against the Pelicans last year. Didn't they get swept last year? The Blazers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that. That surprised me because Damian Lillard is a killer. I just think this this Clippers team. I think people have to remember is different from what a lot of people saw at the beginning of the year. They mm-hmm. have like a better bench with Jermichael Green. They're going to get Wilson Chandler back. I think people forgot about that. So their bench is going to be, you know, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Jermichael Green, Wilson Chandler. They so, got a sharpshooter okay. in Shamit starting. They got Beverly defending his ass off. They got Shea Gildas-Alexander, Zubats, and Gallinari. From your perspective, if they, they get matched up with the Warriors, do they win a game? Do they even win one game? I mean... Are they that surprising kind of team where they're not taken seriously? I could see, I could see them surprising the Warriors once for a game. Yeah, I think I could see that. But I just think the Warriors once this playoff starts are going to lock in. Just click activated, as yeah. someone said recently. Like the Nuggets are only a game behind right now, so if they find a way to get to get that number one seed, and the Clippers stay in the eighth. I think the Clippers would much rather face the Nuggets, even though they're sort of a deep team with a lot of young guys and mm-hmm. MVP candidate and Jokic. I think, I think the Clippers would rather face the Nuggets. Uh, Doc Rivers are saying, and I don't know how much of this is true. He was saying, like, a lot of us don't 
watch the standings. We don't look at who we're playing. Oh, that's bullshit. And I'm like, come on. On April come on. on April 8th, if you have two more games left and you might need to lose them yeah. to not face the Warriors, are you not doing that? Well, like, you gotta... I mean, come on. How do you not pay attention to that shit? I think you have to. I think you have yeah, to. Yeah, you have to. Especially if you're you're positioning yourself in the playoffs. Like, how are you not going to see, okay, this team won today. Yeah. This team lost today. Okay, we, we really got to lock in today. Like, there, There's a lot of different things that can play out. And it's it's going to play out that way because it's, it's so close in the bottom, you know, seeding of the playoffs in the Western Conference. So it's just, yeah, like I said, there's a bunch of, you know, BS where it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm only focused on my team. Like, I always focus on what we're doing. It's just to keep the attention away another storyline for them like oh clippers are worried or they're watching other teams like there's so many different ways that can be spun the nuggets versatility is a little scary but i just if you had to choose in the nuggets and warriors i think everyone is choosing see, the nuggets. you know what i honestly think that the scariest team in this teams in the west should be golden state for obvious reasons houston and okc because they've all got experience denver could be one of those teams that gets bounced first round you think so they just no experience. The youth. Yeah, just kind of fumble it. You know what I mean? Kind of, well, kind of like OKC last year. Where you expect them to go, and they just don't can't show up against a team that's feisty, and you know, like, say, the Clippers. But, but who knows? I mean, I think this is one of the most interesting teams, uh, or season, seasons in terms of playoff matchups in both conferences. I'm, I'm looking forward to see where they go this year. I mean... Their projected win total is 35 and a half, and they already have 37 with about 15, 16 more games to go. Mm-hmm. I think they, if they get the right matchup, they could possibly you know, get to the second round. It, it, they, if they get the right matchup. Yeah, I think they're the team that... that Shit, they're only a game back of, yeah. of Utah. Two back at Portland? Yeah, I think Utah has the easiest remaining schedule by far. Like They have really? three games against the Suns, I think a couple games against the Knicks or Cavs, and it's just... But then again, the Clippers also have two games against the Cavs, a game against the Bulls, a game against the Knicks. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's it for our episode today. Um, again, I'm Tomer Zarli, uh, hosting with Ryan Ward. You can follow him at Ryan Ward LA. Uh, Bob Garcia will tell you his at because I have no idea what it is. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's more complicated. Bob will change be. this eventually. Somehow. Yeah, I will. I just like using my suffix. But what's your at? That's B Garcia, I V Sports. There you go. And mine's at Tomerazarly, T O M E R A Z R R L Y. This was Battle of LA Podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. Peace. Thank you, guys.